The following podcast is a mass media production. Hi, I'm Josh Galindo. And I'm Crystal Galindo. Welcome to the Going Galindo Rugrats and Renovations podcast. A lifestyle podcast where we will offer our experience and expertise in building real, lasting wealth through renovating and flipping homes. And the chaos that comes with balancing a family of six, leaving nothing unsaid. Follow our wild ride we call life and apply our lessons to your own journey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How was your morning with the kids? Hmm, I was late today, so. Were you? Yeah. What does late look like to you? Um, just no one could do anything for themselves this morning. They were all struggling? Yeah. On all cylinders? Yeah. <laughs> so they're not staying up late again. <laughs> oh, they were up late. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. They were, I felt a little guilty last night, but this is that dad moment where I was like, I've got to invest in my child to ensure that he does better. And I want him to remember me as uh, someone that helped him get better at sports. Mm -hmm. So what we've been doing is um, practicing catching the football and uh, we'll do 25 catches to his left, 25 catches above his head, 25 catches to the right and 25 catches to his stomach. And the catch only counts if he actually catches it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and so I, the girls are watching and wanting to be a part of that so bad. And I was like, man, I'm sure they're freaking so jealous right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But they get their time too. Yeah, they do. Okay. We're going to take a quick pause to shout out a few of our sponsors. Hey guys, I know all of you have heard of Moon Valley Nurseries. Well, now is the best time to plant everything and Moon Valley Nurseries has everything to plant. Right now, you can get 50% off plus free planting. Moon Valley Nurseries is the largest box tree grower in America, and they've brought in millions of dollars of inventory for this event. From their farms to your yard, nobody does it better. So stop in now for the biggest and best selection. For the best trees on earth, go straight to the moon. Head to moonvalleynurseries.com to learn more. All right, we all know adulting is hard. You know what shouldn't be hard? Buying a house. Robert Coomer has helped us and our friends buy and refinance houses for the past 15 years. Every time we work with him, we know we're getting the best service possible and that the person on the other end of that phone call has a smile on their face. And that leaves a smile on ours. Call Robert Coomer. He does all the heavy lifting for you so you can worry about more important things like what kind of wine pairs with your leftover pizza. But seriously, give him and his team a call at 702-850-2000. You won't regret it. All right, so we'll get into our guest, and yes. this guest is a special guest. I've known this guest my entire life. Your whole life, every single second. She's known me my entire life. <laughs> um, so I guess without further ado, um, Angelina Galindo with uh, Galindo Group, but it's a different type of Galindo Group. It is a different So go ahead and introduce yourself. I am Josh's mama. <laughs> <laughs> And I have the pleasure of be jo- being Josh's dad as well. That's right. Yep. So his father decided to terminate parental rights when he was one and, his, and my daughter was three. And I took over that role and didn't realize that it would become my absolute favorite role in life. I don't know, though. The grandbabies give it a hard, hard, <laughs> hard run for the money, though. So Josh named me Mather. Yeah, that stands for father and mother mixed yeah. it together. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a cool story for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I believe that Josh was born for the real estate profession. Why do you say that? Mm-hmm. Because he has the top qualities of an entrepreneur and a business owner. And those three qualities are he has a deep passion for his profession, high risk, you can tolerate high risk and understand that it um, provides a high reward, mm-hmm. right? And that's a mindset. And then you have very high energy, son, and always have, <laughs> even when you were in my belly <laughs> and you almost cracked my ribs with a little foot. Oh, man. <laughs> And then, of course, we're breach delivery. So, yeah, you had a lot of energy in there spinning around. Mm. And you have what I would call, for any entrepreneur and business owner, a sheer tenacious grit to just hang in there. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I would love to share your motorcycle story. Let's hear it. I'd love to to hear it. Crystal, be ready. Yeah, I'm ready. You have two okay. boys. Yeah, I know. Right? Neither I'm will not own a ready. motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> not a street oh, bike, Oh, that's what I said, too, right? <laughs> that's what I said, too. So Josh was only 11, and we lived in Spanish Trail, and there was a reason I lived there is I thought that having the guards would help keep them contained, the kids, mm-hmm. in their teenage years, right? Well, that was a fallacy on my part. <laughs> so Josh would ask me every day, and Crystal... I feel for you because I know his tenacity. He would ask me every day for a motorcycle. (laughs) And he was serious because he already owned a Vespa, which wasn't a motorcycle. It's a scooter. Oh, right. So he was like, no, I want a real motorcycle. I said, you're 11. No. Next day, mom can have a motorcycle. No, you're 11. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it when you're older. Next day. Probably same day. Who knows, right? Yeah, right. So one day at work, one of my clients sits in front of me and says, I swear I saw your boy on a motorcycle at the Boulevard Mall. (laughs) I said, there's no way. Like, no way. And then it happened again. Somebody else saw Josh on a motorcycle outside of Spanish Trail. So then I had to confront him. Mm-hmm. And the story rolled out in, from my lens. This is where those entrepreneurial skills, he started with the passion for this motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then he realized that there was going to be high risk because he'd be in a lot of trouble, but he did it anyway. And he solicited the help of a little friend in Spanish Trail, and they saved, I think, $800 or something. I by, feel like it was 700 350 yeah. each, yeah. <laughs> How much? That was a ton of money it 25 of money. years ago. I don't even know where I got the money. They but. secured a motorcycle. They dug a ditch behind Spanish Trail. It was a hole. And placed the motorcycle in it and put plywood over it. That's all correct. That was going to be my next question. Where did he keep this thing? See, a ditch would be like a disjustice to what we actually did. We, we, we created like a Batman-like layer We dug a hole with a ramp, because this thing was heavy. Mm -hmm. We dug a hole, it had a ramp, and uh, it was a mini, it was a mini street bike. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't like a, like a goofy motorcycle. Like, it was a street bike, but like for little people. And it wasn't like those little, those little mini, mini ones. It was, Mm -hmm. this thing was, it would go like 80 miles an hour. It was, it was (laughs) really impressive. But yeah, so um, I guess I can own all of these bad choices I made young. So um, we dug the hole, and then we made sure that it had a ramp that was long enough to allow us to slowly roll it in there and then obviously pull it back out. 
And then we had a piece of plywood that we would throw over the top, throw a bunch of dirt on top of it and some weeds, and that's where we stored the motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Weren't you afraid someone was going to steal it? That was the point of the ditch. I understand, but still, you weren't afraid someone was going to find it? I mean, they'd have to be looking for a motorcycle in a hole in the middle of the desert. I would be paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I think the funny part of the story, after I got over my shock and outrage and concern for life Mm -hmm. and having the neighbor's parents um, just annihilate me about the misbehavior, is I said, now we're going to sell it. So I believe that we got about $400 more than they paid, and Josh demanded half of that money. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. I do remember selling it. I I forgot we sold it. That is true. And I was like, absolutely not. You do not get to receive the profits (laughs) of your misdeed. (laughs) I think that's all pretty accurate now that it comes back. That's really funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I was pretty tenacious. You know, I uh, whatever I wanted, I was a visual person at a young age, and I would obsess. Mm-hmm. It was just sheer obsession. It's always been, and it's that way today. I think I've been able to hone the skill a little bit better, but um, but the the burning desire is still there to mm-hmm. whenever I have it to obsess over something mm-hmm. I have to have. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a great story, Mom. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for going there. It's something that I had forgot. You said something before the show that I found that was interesting, and you said um, there's two different types of lenses that uh, exist between a parent and a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so, will you tap on that really quick? I won't. I won't take it from anybody trying to repeat it. Sure. Um, And I'll tie it right into my background with uh, Chicago Title is I was a escrow officer as a commercial escrow officer for 30 years here in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the greatest takeaways was to be a neutral party and to sit and watch a buyer and a seller or sit and watch an attorney for the buyer and an attorney for the seller or the mezzanine lender and, you know, another uh, hard money lender. And even though we would all be in the same conversation, there would definitely be a different lens. One would hear one thing and one would hear another, and they were pretty adamant about what they heard. And so what I was saying about the parent-child relationship is mm-hmm. that if... Beckham and Josh were together all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. I would guarantee you when I asked Beckham, what did you do yesterday? It would be through his lens. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when I asked Josh, it would definitely be through his lens. Right. So we all have our lens. And it's part of um, the coaching that I do is creating courageous conversation that allows us to scale our businesses and collaborate effectively, communicate with power. Yeah, I just asked that question. I wanted you to re-explain to Crystal because I found it interesting the way that you had perceived that motorcycle story versus how I had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just think it it was a a nugget that's worth describing because I think it's the epitome of of communication in the sense that what did you hear versus what the person thinks they told you. Um, So I always sometimes I'll just grab something out of mid-convo and just stop and say let's identify it whether it uh, is relevant to the immediate conversation or not. But I think it's worth um, acknowledging uh, robustly to uh, make sure that the listener gets a nugget from it. So that was what that was about. Yeah. So let's roll into um, 
let's talk. You said that you were an escrow officer, which actually I think that probably totally goes into that because you'd have to be the one that almost deciphers what you think everybody heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the buyer thinks they heard one thing. The seller thinks they heard another thing. The listing agent thinks they heard one thing. The buyer's agent thinks they heard another thing. And right. then they all look at you to go, so what did you hear? And you're like, well, shit. <laughs> and, and not only what did I hear, I had to put it in writing. Back then, we created a lot of documents, and so I had to come up with a succinct version that would everybody would sign off on. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was, uh, I often say that here, is, is at least in the residential real estate world, I'm, I was very blessed by being taught by your generation of real estate professionals because I was taught how to draft agreements. Yep. Like, I remember my first contract, like I had to go through and I mean, I had a general template, but I had to write it based mm-hmm. on what the agreement was with the other party um, or addendums. That was, it was a word document with at the top, it said addendum right. one. And then it went into between buyer and seller hereby agree. And then it went in, you know, versus what, I don't think you maybe know this, which is what I'm getting at. The, the greater Las Vegas association of realtors, um, created a system called Transaction Desk, and it has all the forms like pre-made in there, and for then them just to fill, in the fill blank. it out. Yeah, and so they like it doesn't these these agents that use them, you know, when they go to fill them out, they focus on the the twelve blanks that they've got to fill in, and so they don't even know what this contract consists of, other than those twelve spots, and it's such a disjustice and disservice to the industry and to them, but it obviously keeps everybody safe. So yeah, but. I can tell you, it's interesting. Um, that you went that way about real estate. Literally, when I was hired at Chicago Title, I was 15 years old, and I was hired because I needed a little after-school job. Mm -hmm. And um, I had really fast shorthand way back in the day, okay? Mm -hmm. And I sat down in front of my power, powerhouse boss who was closing very large transactions on the Strip. And the first document he subscribed to had me subscribe that he dictated to me was an estoppel and subordination agreement i'm 15 i'm a cheerleader i have no idea what estoppel or subordination meant Mm -hmm. and he just kept ripping it off and the minute i was done taking that dictation i knew exactly what an estoppel and subordination agreement meant because it went into my brain down through my arm out onto the paper. Witnessed by your eyes. shorthand. Mm-hmm. I had to go back to my desk, review it, and transcribe it. And I believe there's no other great way to learn. You no. don't learn right. by filling in those blanks. No. Right. No, you don't because no. you don't even read the whole contract. You just trust it's what it is. It's going to protect you. Right. And, Crystal, I'm sure that you find the same learning curve in the financial arena. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of the QuickBooks or programs Mm -hmm. that you use, people don't understand the concept of doing it by hand. Oh, yeah, no. I, before we used QuickBooks, I had a spreadsheet to log, like, what we, what was going to come out and what was coming in. I could never do that now with a spreadsheet. It's way too... No, it's way too way intense. Way too intense, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Yeah, but that's where the learning is, mm-hmm. in the debits and credits yeah, of yeah. managing money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's quite impressive what she pulls off, but, no, we started out with a spreadsheet, and you wouldn't be able to do that today. Mm-mm. Or you'd be the only one that would know how to read it. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) 
Hey guys, if you're looking for some family fun, I know I always am. Check out Circus Circus Hotel and Casino. At Circus Circus, there is something for everyone. Have a blast inside the Adventure Dome, a five-acre indoor theme park with 25 rides, or act like a kid again at the Midway playing arcade games or enjoying their daily free circus acts. Looking for a special date night? Look no further than their award-winning restaurant called The Steakhouse. Voted best steakhouse in Las Vegas. Circus Circus offers affordable room rates starting at $25 per night. Book your stay today at circuscircus.com. So let's, this is one of my funner ones to talk about because I think, I know growing up, I remember I didn't quite understand how much business you were doing, the the uh, reputation you had created for yourself, the uh, the service you were providing. I mean, it, the, the, the community recognized it. And I didn't understand it because I was young. But as I got older and got into the business, it was so, I got asked all the time, is Angelina your mom, your sister, uh, are you related to her? Like it was everywhere when I first got into the business. And I remember just being in awe at, at how many uh, big players in town, big and small, that you had touched and interacted with and what a reputation you had created. So just for fun, um, let's go into the three biggest deals you've done in real estate. And I'm going to hold one of the one that I always remember um, till the end to see if you actually go into it. Because maybe it's not your biggest. <laughs> but so fire away. What do you got, Mom? You know, um, after 30 years, it's kind of hard to say there were three big deals because they were just so complicated. And to give you an example, now I did handle houses as well. Our unit, special projects that I created a company within the company. I was very blessed by a mentor who allowed me to do that. Special projects closed over 100 transactions every month for 360 months. Okay, so 30 of them were houses. I do understand the residential portion, mm -hmm. but the part that really gripped my soul, that used my creative talent, was closing very large deals. And I used to call it, and Crystal, you'll love this, giving birth mm -hmm. because the file never left my desk mm. for over a year sometimes. And then when it rolled into the second year, I would tell my clients, you've doubled the fee. <laughs> this is too painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. been on my desk. I live it. I breathe it. I sleep it right. and everything. So um, I closed many of the hotel properties, one of them being the Santa Fe, one of them being the Sahara. I closed the Hacienda when Mandalay Bay bought it. The Rio was over a billion dollars. I worked three years on the acquisition of the outlying properties to assemble the Rio. We did all kinds of 1031 exchanges to move businesses that refused to sell. Mm. They refused because they loved their cement uh, block company exactly where it was at. And so we went out and had to buy them a, a facility that was about three times the value of where they were at to even wow. get them to move, to wow. create the property necessary. So the best description for me of handling commercial real estate that has been such a gift, and I'm so happy to share it, it was always like putting together a really big puzzle and not being given the pieces. <laughs> Just kind of one or two thrown at you occasionally, mm -hmm. you know? So another example of that was I handled the 215 Beltway acquisition for seven years and dealt with eminent domain. So people would come to my office just bawling that 
their oh, home man. You had to deal with the sellers. was being <laughs> taken from them. The nerve, right? And I would think, listen, you're getting a brand new house out of this <laughs> yeah. deal right. at a lower interest rate because they secured financing for those oh, in the pathway. Okay. It was very, very interesting field. I went to work every single day, as Josh knows, dressed to the nines, clickety-click heels, he used to say. Yeah. Exact same job, you know, for 30 years. And never, ever did I feel like I had a day where I cruised. Sure. Every day was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. That's exactly what Courtney said, too. She said, every day you're yeah. learning something different. Like, no day is the same. Yeah. We had Courtney, our escrow yeah. officer, in here. Oh, nice. Yeah. And asked her oh. that same question. Yeah, so it's funny that you're saying the same thing. It's that field. Mm-hmm. It's that field. It's, it's very the same hard with, to leave it. With I mean, I think it's real estate in general. Yeah. I really don't see how it ever becomes the same, the same repetitive game. I mean, same with your flips. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, general real estate flips the whole, the whole nine, there's always a new challenge that you have to overcome, which I was telling her, I think that's what makes it so rewarding because a challenge, you know, accomplishment generates a feeling of joy and Mm -hmm. excitement and empowerment. And, and they may not be gigantic um, accomplishments, but there's a million little ones in a day. And obviously mm-hmm. you have the ones you're real proud of that you, your conscious mind may, may capture, but your subconscious is keeping track of all the small ones all right. the time. And it just feels so good. Yeah. Um, and then it can be taxing, obviously. Yeah. That gets tough. But it's, uh, it's a very rewarding business. And I think there's few people that can do it. What did, what did Troy say when I said, I think we're a breed? Oh, and he oh. said, you're not a breed. Let me ask you that, Mom. What is your opinion of of being a person? And you can use entrepreneur. Um, are they a breed, or are they bred to be what they are by their life experiences? Yeah, I I would say it's a blend. However, if I were to lean more towards one or the other, nurture or nature, were you born this way or were nurtured into it, you know, environmental versus genetic, I used to always say there is a profile for a successful real estate developer, and I know that profile. They sat in front of me from the time I was 15 years old until I was 46 Mm -hmm. and retired. So that was um, Steve Wynn... um, many, many different developers in town. Mm-hmm. And they, they definitely have a profile. And, and that's why I thought that um, we would open up talking about those three traits that I notice in entrepreneurs all the time. And that is they have a passion about It's the passion that gets them through it. That's what Troy was talking about. He just is obsessed yeah, with... it's the passion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then fun. they have to know there's high risk, high reward. A lot of people have their risk tolerance really dialed down, and that's fine too. That's fine. There's not a right or wrong here. There's um, a a drive around taking on risk, knowing there will be a reward. And most of the entrepreneurs I work with do not even think that there won't be the reward. Do you see the mindset? Do you see the mindset that they're in? Is why don't you repeat that, Mom? Yeah. Most just repeat that whole statement. I think that was really powerful. So most of the entrepreneurs, CEOs, founders that I work with 
they don't even think that there will not be a reward. They're like, I stay up every single night. I give this company Mm -hmm. my blood, sweat, and tears. I will sell it for $10 million in X amount of time. I will solve the world's problems. I will employ people. It will be a great instrument for my family. I'll create a succession plan and exit strategy. I am on this, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a mindset that is so powerful and leads them down that track. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible, Mom. I love that they you, you didn't even. It's not even an option. Yeah, it's I was just gonna say success is the only option. Yeah, There's success no other is the option. only option. It's inevitable. Maybe right. have that. Mom, that was an awesome description there. I love yeah. it. Success is the only option, and I think that's a big part of the entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. Is that's the only option. They've burnt all the boats. There's no turning around. They've burnt all the bridges. There's no turning around. So I think that that's a perfect segue to get into uh, what you do today. Because I know you're retired from the real estate business. I wouldn't say you're retired, retired, but I know you're not doing escrow, uh, escrow and title anymore. Right. So what are you up to now? Give us a quick education. So I left uh, Chicago Title and the whole real estate arena in 2008, <laughs> just in time for the absolute collapse. Mm-hmm. And it was real. I was young at 46, but it was really the best thing for me for um, my career path. So I went out and started diving all around the world, scuba diving, and became a master instructor with a couple thousand dives. Mm-hmm. Um, I took it to the highest level and dove at Mandalay Bay for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rolled, yep. yeah, rolled all of their um, video and stills of the sharks and chainmail doubles and an auga mask. And also created four different businesses during that time. And this is when it started to become apparent to me that entering the business world at 15 and having that as a single focus, as a way to support my two children, was not going to leave my veins. Mm-hmm. The business was just not going to leave my veins. Mm-hmm. So um, we created a business around the B-29 bomber that is at the bottom of Lake Mead that went down in 1948. And we were the first company to secure the license to actually dive that bomber at 180 feet in ice-cold Lake Mead. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. What an accomplishment. Yeah. Has anybody since? There's only been one other business, but they couldn't keep it viable. And in, we were viable for four years. So how many times did you dive that bomber? I personally only dove it once. I went down. It's, it's extremely cold. And um, the gear is about 100 pounds on my mm-hmm. body. So I went down with my 50-pound camera and big strobes and uh, was able to film it and photograph it. And it, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's highly protected. So I think it says it speaks volumes to your dedication and willingness and desire to learn. Because what you're describing can so easily be um, chalked up as... I dove the bomber. It was 180 feet down. Next, you know, let's go into, into your next business. Mm-hmm. But what it took for you to be in a position to be able to, to be trusted to own a business, right. to get a license to go down there from the government, and then to get, you know, consumers and civilians to trust you to take them down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it... I, I don't want to just dismiss the investment that that took. I know that you spent hours understanding, and I'm sure you could rattle this stuff off way cooler than I could, but pressures and 
PSIs and atmospheres, right? Isn't that one of them? Yeah, the atmospheric pressures. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I thought that that was cool. And that's kind of been how you are with at least what I witnessed as your son with every business that you've done. You know, I remember the Dive Princess business. And, you know, you fully committed and you were all in. And we were at a convention, you know, trying to get picked up by retailers. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was so cool. Product in hand. Um, I was always very proud to, uh, you know, be a part of your ventures and to say that that's my mom. And I think it's something that I've tried to duplicate. There's a safety blanket that comes with that. Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew from probably six, probably six to seven or eight years old, I was always going to be protected, which is probably a little bit of what allowed me to be so reckless. But the recklessness, if you overtame that, you can't rebirth it. Mm-hmm. So you got to almost contain it or do your best to control it or educate the person or the child on how to properly use it mm-hmm. um, so that they don't end up having to have it beat out of them by society so that they don't kill themselves. But um, I remember always being so proud uh, of what you had accomplished. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. You know, like I, I just on every level, like I could brag about what my mom accomplished and it made me feel more confident. So I try to do that with the kids. I want, you know, when Beckham wears a Glenda group hat to school. <laughs> he may not realize it today, Mm-hmm. But I know he's a tier more confident than maybe his peer. Mm-hmm. He just feels proud. He's excited to be that. You know, he comes to the office. I remember going to your office and everybody else had to be like, I'm here for Mrs. Galindo or I'm here for whatever. I would just roll in there, rip the door open, <laughs> be like, I'm here for my mom, roll by her. My favorite thing was I'd call, and this was before like cell phones and text thing. I'd call and be like, is my mom there? And the new girls would be like, who? <laughs> and I'll be like, she'll get it. She'll get it. I'll be like, uh, Angelina, she's my mom. And then it's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. But then you get back to like, is my mom there? And they'd be like, yep, one sec, Josh. Yep, one sec, Josh. And then you call you another new girl and she'd be like, who? And I'm like, yeah, she'll get it. She'll get it. I don't know. Those little moments were, were, were powerful, uh, powerful moments. I believe that so much. I think this is something fun that you'll find interesting. I believe so much that no matter what path I took in my young life, chosen by me or you, that you were, you had somehow sprinkled your, your, I want the best for my son dust on it to give you some perspective because I know you had no control over this. Mm-hmm. I go to Mexico the Mexico whole Mexico story, which the listeners have heard of. If they haven't heard of it, then they need to go listen to it. In a nutshell, uh, a lockdown facility to restructure my life. I go to Mexico, and there was 12 families. I get put into the noble family. I get put in that family. Everybody in that family was like, you are in the best family. And when we were we were serious. They were, they were honest. Nobody was just boasting to boast. Right. And I remember thinking... My mom fucking called this school <laughs> and was like, what's the best family? <laughs> That's how much I thought that you would always make sure that I was the, in the best of everything. <laughs> um, obviously, you had no control of that. But I believe yeah. that probably all the way until I realized how the school was really running. So for six months, I was like, she fucking knew. She's like, she called and was like, what's your best family? And they're like, oh, Mrs. Glendo, it's the noble family. She's like, put them there. <laughs> 
So I don't know if that just shows how much I really believed that or how well you did it at making me believe that. But it always, I always felt safe. I always felt protected. I always felt um, like I'd be all right because yeah. of you. Thank you. So That's very heartwarming. <laughs> I think that's what every parent... And Crystal and I have talked about it. Mm-hmm. We will do anything for our children. Yeah, and we were just talking about that. <laughs> the feeling of um, safety and protection, mm-hmm. I believe, is the number one component of uh, excellent parenting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, I want to tell you about Nick Marietta one more time. The guy does everything. He owns a construction company, a wholesale business, and a flipping business. He's done more than $75 million in construction renovations. What's great about Nick is that there's no job too big or too small for him. From the front curb to the back wall, he can literally help you out with everything. And take it from me, Nick is your guy if you need help with a complete flip or a small renovation. You can get in touch with Nick at 480-235-8148 or find him on Instagram or Facebook at The Real Nick Marietta. Okay, so now we're really going to roll into this. Thing. Right. This is what the question actually says, so that I don't skip over this. Let's talk about your current coaching and consulting business. Explain who you work with and how you help them. So, interestingly, I found myself loving business and loving people. Mm-hmm. And when you put those together... It's, it's a natural to become a business coach and consultant and facilitator for the tribe. So um, my client is a business owner and a CEO who desires to invest in themselves and invest in their business by being a member in the CEO tribe. And that is the name of the tribe. And it came about organically. So my group of 14 that I hire and I fire and I lead, and I would never say manage because they're not manageable. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> when you have 16 powerhouses in one room for eight hours, it's astounding. Astounding. There's really no other word. Oh, I bet it's so cool, mm-hmm. the energy. Of what happens, right? It can go sideways. It can go, there can be tears in the room. It can, it, it, everybody leaves filled, full, exhausted. They've given all they had and they've taken all they can Mm -hmm. from the room. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very satisfying, um, membership. It is a membership. So, um, I wanted, because I think sometimes our clients, just like you guys have such excellent I don't call them testimonials, but bestimonials mm-hmm. about the people that you help and you build their beautiful home for them that is their nest. So I thought I would just uh, read a bestimonial from somebody that is in the tribe and, of course, will remain anonymous. This person is a founding member and was writing an email to another business owner trying to describe the tribe. Okay. <laughs> now, the tribe and any um, interaction of, in coaching mm-hmm. is normally an intangible. So intangibles are like trust and loyalty and advocacy, mm-hmm. right? So tangibles are normally much easier to describe. So this is his description, and I loved it. So he starts his email with, hey, put it this way. Simple question for you. Is it lonely on that side of your desk? 
Mm-hmm. Shit. So what we have here is a bunch of CEOs who come together once a month, and we bring our opportunities, issues, and anything that we're up against, and we act like a board of directors to each other. For instance, when my accountant stole half a million mm-hmm. and flipped my business on its face, I reached out, and I had 13 other CEOs advising me and helping me along the way, as well as a courageous, compassionate, and fierce coach. Even until this moment, I have them reaching out almost daily, asking me about not only my business, but my well-being. How am I doing? And then he says, on the bright side, for opportunities we have had and worked on, a member's business he worked on selling for two years and in the middle of COVID sold it for multi-millions of dollars. The connections in this tribe run deep, both on the business and personal side. As you well know, they are inseparable. Yeah, it says a lot. It does. It says a lot. It's crazy. That's just crazy to hear you say the, the, the theft part. I mean, that's fucking bananas. Yeah. I was just talking to Crystal about that last night. It, I, I, don't, I think I've got the right person watching our money at all times because... I've heard I'm that story just too anything. many times. I mean, if anything, <laughs> took it more than half a million. But um, <laughs> so, um, wow, po- very powerful, really. Yeah, so that's really a synopsis of one of the verticals of Galindo Group Coaching and Consulting. So your Galindo Group, um, to clear up brand confusion, is Galindo Group RE, Galindo Group Real Estate, right? Mm-hmm. Mine is Galindo Group, with the G's turned, mm-hmm. um, to create GG, and it's really CC, so coaching, consulting, and facilitating. And uh, so I'm very blessed to, gosh, just learn every single moment actually from these wonderful business owners and of course to um, be their business coach and personal coach. I could see how that could be really helpful, you know, because sometimes like when Josh had like he had a minor issue yesterday and you know, it's hard to like, what do you do? I don't, I don't know what you do. So it's nice to have like other people that have maybe been in that same position, tell you what they did. So you can kind of learn and, you know, find your path for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, as a business owner, you're not lonely. Mm-hmm. If, if something goes, you just pick that phone up and out of those 16 people, myself very much included, I usually get the first call. Um, you, they can reach out and tap into that knowledge mm-hmm. and a different perspective. That's yeah. the beauty is many times as business owners and people we're myopic. We only Mm -hmm. have our own lens. Mm -hmm. And this blows your lens off if you're willing. The tribe isn't for everybody. It's actually very exclusive and limited to 18. So we currently have four spots open. And if you're willing to allow others to see your blind spots, that's where the vulnerability comes in, Mm -hmm. to see the gaps that may be present, to most generally, um, we are in our own ways myself very much included. We have our own self-limiting beliefs that stop us from our greatness. So, and many times we're not aware of them. Mm -hmm. But when we're made aware of them, especially by our peers, then we can chart a path to correct them, Mm -hmm. remove them, delete them, blow them up. 
Crazy. So I have a question. So in your tribe, are you able to say like what kind of like fields they're in? Because I know it's like a wide range. And then I think I know the answer to this, but are there people that multiple people in your tribe that are within the same field? There, that's um, a great question because the pillars of the tribe for vulnerability and challenge mm-hmm. is would not it would not work well if there were competitors in the room. So there right. there absolutely are no competitors in the room. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. But. So <laughs> let, let's say there's an attorney who's so excellent. He's in four states and growing. Um, I cannot bring another attorney in. Period, even if it's a different field, like one guy does personal injury, one guy does contract law or something like that? Yep, and again, great question. Absolutely, I can bring them in if mm. if they sit with each other and the tribe member who is existing has veto power. So they need to sit with each other without me present, mm-hmm. work it out. We're all adults. We're all high-functioning. <laughs> and work it out and let me know we're going to be okay at the table together. And then what happens, because I've done that, I have that uh, in two instances, is their collaboration is so strong. Because mm. they really get it, you know. So. Yeah. You kind of touched on this, but what pain points do you see business owners all having in common when they come to you for support? Like, what is the biggest consistent mm-hmm. uh, pain point um, that you see often? Yeah. And, you know, it's fun to be doing this podcast. And I'll <laughs> let you both know. Because I've been on the listening side, generally mm-hmm. in my car, for a year or... Has it been a year? Mm, six months. Yeah. yeah. Just felt like a long year. Yeah. <laughs> the pandemic. Time's, time's going by slow. <laughs> um, anyway, so the reason I say that is I love business owners. I love working with them. I love coaching them. And I look into both of your eyes, and you're both business owners. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have watched you build a conglomerate, right? I have watched it and am so deeply, deeply proud of both of you. Um, I would say that you have these same pain points. I haven't met anybody that doesn't have them. Mm -hmm. I'm a business owner. Mm -hmm. I have them. So one of them, and I would say the top one is it's lonely at the top. There there can be isolation. Um, And you two work together, but a lot of business owners, their spouse does not work in the business. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. spouse gets over here in it within about a year. Mm. They're done. Don't bring it home every day. Mm -hmm. Very isolating. Don't want to talk to your kids. My kids did not know what I did for a living. Josh came to me at like 18 and goes, why didn't you tell me? I had no idea. (laughs) I mean, that's a a very accurate point. I had no clue. And Crystal, the reason they didn't know is I would close those billion-dollar deals, Mm -hmm. and I cannot go home to two kids and discuss it. Mm -hmm. I would never do that. I would just throw that coat off and put on my mama coat. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and they made me so happy. They Mm -hmm. were my salvation. That's how I didn't go crazy with high, high levels of stress. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Come home and give them a bath. It's a good distraction. (laughs) Exactly. I watch you do it. I Mm -hmm. watch both of you do it. I don't even know how you did it. I wouldn't be able to maintain high output if I didn't have someone to come home to and share successes with. And I think now with this ridiculous culture that where if you make, you know, $10,000 a day, it's your duty to go on Instagram and make sure everybody knows. Um, 
but uh, that that oh, I just can't stand that culture. But that mm-hmm. type of culture didn't exist. There wasn't even a hint of that mm-hmm. in in your time. So for you to have to hold all that in, even though right. it's not about bragging or being outrageous or rude or whatever it is, it was probably a tremendous level of excitement that mm-hmm. you wanted to share with somebody that somebody could you know give you a response. That would be so satisfying, and you just didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, it's funny actually. I'm just gonna say this because it was funny. My mom comes home one day and she goes, "You want to hold a million dollar check?" <laughs> <laughs> it was a piece of paper, yeah. <laughs> and she hands it to me, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm holding a million dollars!" Like I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. You know, no, I think that's crazy. I mean, it's really nuts. I mean, it's very interesting. So, I mean, you must have trained yourself to be able to contain all that stuff. But, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how you did it, but you clearly did. Yeah. I do remember a few times, and you guys didn't know this, you're jogging some memories for me from 30 years ago, is I would close a large deal and I would be really happy, right? And mm-hmm. I wasn't one to call my family or call my friends or, I mean, it just didn't work like that. Instead, I would load the car up and pick the kids up from daycare and take them straight to Disneyland. Uh, was that how you'd celebrate? <laughs> yeah, do you remember? We would. I would just go, we're surprised. We're going somewhere. Mm, so I, I wouldn't have known why. So to me, it was a trip to Disneyland. Yeah. But um, now I know why. So that's cool. Yeah. We only cool. went twice, though. So we only had two big wins. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we went many times. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's many other trips that I've heard about. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even just off, I, I mean, I, I know we want to stay on this uh, structured business thing mm-hmm. here, but it was, it's such an, an, an over, it's such an accomplishment to think how you raised Jess and I, while I always say, while maintaining your desire, maintaining the desire, and then accomplishing that desire, which is your own goals. So you didn't neglect yourself that I that I know of, or neglect your goals that I know of, or neglect us, and you did it all by yourself. Like I watched the kids for like three days, and I'm like, this is brain damage. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is crazy. You know, and running a business and this and all. I mean, that's just it's just nuts. It's it's really um, it's something to be proud of. I think it's cool. Yeah, I agree. Thank I agree. You. Thank you. I would say the two things that got me through it was a high level of discipline and hugely organized. Mm -hmm. There was no other way. I had to be whether I wanted to or not, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I would say I really leaned into um, my spiritual side. I always had a robust spiritual practice, Mm -hmm. and I believe that brought me... I want to speak for others, brought me back to center many times. That was my go-to to to come back to center. And it still Mm -hmm. is today. I believe that. Um, I remember we were at a football game and you're sitting in the stadium. We're at a football game. I'm playing football. You're watching. (laughs) And you're in the stadium. And all of my high school friends saw you sitting alone. And uh, they, I guess, came over to you and they couldn't understand how you were okay and totally comfortable sitting alone. And I think that that, to me, when you explain that, it was like, man, there's, you can do anything with the mind. You know, these kids are programmed to think that mom and dad have to come together to a game. They can't be separate ever. That's just not right. And if it is, then someone must be sad. And so that's their paradigm. Well, you, you were like, I'm here 
I'm totally, I remember you saying like, I've dealt with this whole alone thing. I don't have any issues around it. I'm very mm-hmm. comfortable being here and I'm here for my son. So you were in a total place of enjoyment watching me play in peace and it was funny that my friends were like, uh, but it was such a lesson to me to know that, like, I can go to a restaurant and sit down alone and eat and be okay. I can go to the store alone and be okay. You know, uh, obviously I enjoy companionship, but I don't, if I don't have it, I'm not broken, you know? Right, um, right. So that was something powerful that I remember you teaching me. Okay, we're going to take a quick pause to shout out a few of our sponsors. If you or someone you know is looking for their next luxury vehicle, you need to go check out Karma of Las Vegas with Tobin Motor Cars. Powered by electricity, Karma delivers a combination of intelligent performance, industry-leading digital architecture, and a connected vehicle technology experience for an unparalleled driving experience. I would know because I own one. From the moment you set foot on the dealership floor, you will enjoy white glove service. The luxury store on West Sahara is women-owned and has been supporting Southern Nevada for over 30 years. To learn more, visit TobinMotorCars.com. Again, that's TobinMotorCars.com. Or call 702-932-7100. Okay, guys, I'm going to take a second to talk about one of our sponsors, Desert Radiology. I know from personal experience how important early detection really is. That's why I recommend Desert Radiology. They have been serving the community for over 55 years and have convenient locations all across the valley. Not only are they a trusted radiology partner of 12 area hospitals, but they are the official imaging partner for all of the Las Vegas sports teams, like the Vegas Golden Knights, the Las Vegas Aces, Lights, Aviators, UNLV, and the Henderson Silver Knights. To learn more, visit their website at www.desertrad.com or make an appointment at 702-759-8600. All right, I want to call out one of our sponsors, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. I love that they are based here in Las Vegas. They're not your average firm, and they will personally put in the work to protect your rights. After meeting with Matt, I put his number in my phone because you never know what will happen. I recommend you do the same. His phone number is 702-570-9000. You can also check them out at battlebornindrylawyers.com. For the business owners out there, I want to hand them, gift them some nuggets as well, because I think they'll identify that not only is it lonely at the top, generally there's a lack of multiple perspectives. So they're being held back by their own self-limiting beliefs. How about this one, right? Not being held accountable. Who holds the owner accountable? Technically, the owner should hold himself accountable. (laughs) Nobody. Technically. Right? So... um, once you're surrounded by a tribe, we create accountability partners and we're like, hey, you said that you were going to start the new software program last month. Like, what's up? Yeah. What's going on? What's in the way? Mm-hmm. Oh, your own procrastination that seems to be surfacing in all areas of your life. What can we do to blow that up? Are you aware of it? Do you want to change it? Because obviously they would have to want to change it. Yeah, there's. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think not engaging in courageous conversations on the daily. So as a CEO and leader, you are responsible for so many lives, not just the lives of your family, mm-hmm. the, the lives of your employees and their families. 
So one time we went around the room and that room is affecting 2,000 lives at that table. That's impressive. That's cool. So a decision made at that table affects a five-year-old somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So the courageous conversations are really what my coaching is about, is how to have those and how to maintain my mantra. I wanted to share my mantra, so it's a good time to dive into that. was created in 2003 when I was a member in a peer group. So I actually went through the experience, which makes it way more powerful when you have a business Mm -hmm. that facilitates that. So the mantra I created in 2003, and I've been able to use every single day to guide me, is... I create peaceful and powerful relationships. I think that's such an important statement right there because I think there's so many relationships that are not peaceful or powerful that people don't let go of. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, I think that's really powerful. And when you create your own mantra to live by, it will serve you no matter what you're doing. So when I was teaching scuba diving, who doesn't want a peaceful and powerful relationship with someone who's going to take you in the deep blue seas and save right. your life right. or um, cost you your life? Let right? me go in here real quick, Mom, because what I like to do is it's very easy to give these, these spectacular terms um, that we live by consistently. And we take for granted that this is a, a habitual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for somebody listening that doesn't live by that mantra um, on the daily, it, they're going to be like, a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. So let's say that there is a non-peaceful, non-powerful relationship in somebody's life, and you've known them for 10 years, um, eight years. You have all this amazing history with them. What is What does that look like in your uh, to you? Does, does that mean you quit feeding it? You just never call them back, and then all of a sudden the relationship dies? Do you like because it, it's very it's very scary to tell somebody you got to go find new friends. At 35, mm-hmm. <laughs> at 50. But I watch you do it all the time. <laughs> I really do. I watch you sail across the, the globe alone mm-hmm. and meet 10 people. For 10 days, you're in like a random-ass country alone, <laughs> taking pictures with like random-ass people. <laughs> and I would love to give myself a lot of credit that I'm social and able to quickly build relationships. I could tell you, I don't think I'd have it in me to jump on a plane alone and go anywhere. I 100% could not do yeah. that. I yeah. think it's something really incredible. And I think if you could, how mechanically do you do that? Yeah. Again, um, I think when you love people, and I love people... So I believe that we are not perfect, that we are all flawed. And um, as a seeker, so I believe that I'm a seeker. Every day I want to seek more knowledge, more experience, more this, more that. Um, I definitely want to hear stories. So when you sit on that plane for 30 hours alone into deep, deep into Africa, and actually that was four different planes, <laughs> literally looking into somebody's eyes and giving them what I would call a sacred space, they will start telling you about their life. And you you got to be ready because they're going to start telling you about their life. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck. Their latest <laughs> divorce, their bankruptcy, their health condition, whatever it is. Um but I really love people and I really love stories. And if you want to be fascinated, just open yourself up to mm-hmm. other cultures, particularly other cultures for sure. Like when we were in Fiji, Josh, and you met with the chief 
Oh, that was the coolest experience ever. Mm-hmm. Of the tribe. You mm-hmm. had the same gift there, right? Mm-hmm. But your question, I think, is so excellent in what does a courageous conversation look like? And there's a couple steps. I don't even think we probably have time to really go into it here, so I'll just be brief. But the first step, I would say, is to always look at your side of the street. So for me... What that means is to look at my behaviors and my patterns and my triggers and what is happening there and make sure that um, I'm in alignment with who I am, Mm -hmm. being authentic and in my integrity and so forth. And then the second step, and it it, it is a hard step, we actually do role-playing in my coaching and facilitating and consulting, we do actual role-playing, is to go to that person and have the conversation the courageous conversation. I am feeling this way. It may not have been what you intended, but I'm still feeling this way. Is there a path forward? And um, if that doesn't result in a path forward, I believe that you can love people from afar. And I've done that with some great loves of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, They are still buried in my heart and always will be. I just love them from afar, you know? So I think healthy boundaries come into play. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, Angelina, why don't you tell us a little bit of the process for someone that wants to become a member using your coaching services? Okay, so in order to become a member of the CEO tribe, generally the CEO tribe recommends you. However, you can also just contact me. And what I do is a vetting process, Mm -hmm. and we start with a 90-minute what's called one-to-one. So it's a very confidential, um, purposeful conversation about your business, if you want to scale, if you want to grow. Some, some businesses want to downsize. There's a lot of waste going on, and they want to trim line and mm-hmm. you know, go mm-hmm. forward that way. So determining that they have the qualities that we're looking for at the table, and those qualities are definitely around being open to be challenged, and being courageous enough to challenge others. And then we have tribal commitments that are pretty, um, they're serious. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very serious membership where you're committed to being in an accountability group, you're committed to monthly emails to the group, you're committed to quarterly goals, you're committed to the most fun annual retreat ever. <laughs> where we spend three days together and we in a destination Mm -hmm. and we do bonding and team building exercise and we do CEO Olympics. Mm -hmm. I mean, this tribe is a ton of fun, ton of fun. So that's how you would uh, be a member of the tribe. And then my other vertical, I offer executive coaching and we've talked about that, Josh, where, um, you would put some of your C-suite into one-to-ones monthly and mm-hmm. work on specific leadership qualities or where there may be some blind spots or courageous conversations or bringing them up to their greatness. Explain a one-to-one for anyone listening. Yeah. You know, um, what I usually say to somebody, and this is a surprising answer, but mm-hmm. maybe your audience will relate, is when was the last time somebody listened to you for 90 minutes hmm. straight? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Without any rebuttal, without conflict, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without all the nonsense. Right. Without judgment. Without judgment. Yeah, even more powerful. It's not about me. Right. I'm there to listen. 
And most people get a big old smile and they go, never. Yep. Yeah. It's, I would say never. <laughs> yeah. So the, the one-to-ones are super powerful because I don't have your answers. Mm-hmm. There isn't any coach that has your answers. You have your answers. However, they may not be bubbling up for you until some really powerful questions are asked mm-hmm. to get you to maybe see things differently, maybe see what's really at the root, maybe to, to cause a deep dive, um, to formulate a plan, to create a strategy. Mm-hmm. It's all questions, powerful, deep questions. That's incredible. That's good. That's really good. So if that's something you guys are looking for out there and uh, you think it could be beneficial to you and your business, um, I'd like you to uh, take a moment, Mom, and explain where these people can reach you. So, Absolutely. I have social media uh, with Instagram under GG Coaches. Oh, and by the way, I do have to throw this in that <laughs> I am a true GG, and okay. that does mean grandma. Yeah. Grandma, yeah. grandma, yeah. grandma. That's right. To four of the most, mm. uh, I can't even, I might cry. Um, four of the most incredible little kids that Crystal and Josh have done an expert job of parenting. I don't know how you guys do it. Those four kids are a lot to handle, (laughs) but they're kind. They're very kind, and they're very loving, and they're special, and I'm sure every grandparent says this. But but damn it, I'm saying it. So that's that's my plug. You can can contact me through any of those four kids. There you go. Um, Call Beckham's cell phone. (laughs) He'll put you in touch. Connect your people. <laughs> anyway, so the Instagram is under GG Coaches, and um, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. But my favorite is really an old fashioned phone call at 702 493 4800. And when I get my bill from ATT, they say, Thank you for being our oldest customer with that number. <laughs> <laughs> I had same, it right? 32 years oh, or something so when, the, when the brick phones came out. Mm-hmm. So that's 702-493-4800. And um, on that note, I wanted to wrap with a final little nugget that um, I just think is coming, okay, is we are a society driven by tech, high tech, low touch, unfortunately, and even with the pandemic, lower touch. So I really do think that CEOs, leaders, business owners are going to go back to the phone, to actually speaking. I hope. And I know I'm looking at you too, who are are (laughs) like magical texters, and myself included. But I do think that um, we are going to go back to the human touch. Yeah, if it gets any further away, you'll be... Yeah, way too disconnected. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right, Mom. Well, thank you. I love you as my mother. I respect you as a business coach um, and a mentor. And uh, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, I appreciate you being here, too. That was good. Those are good nuggets. (laughs) Thank you. I hope someone listens and takes value from it. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Thank you. And I'm so proud of both of you. Mm, Thanks. Thanks, (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, subscribe, and share our podcast. You can also connect with us on social media or at galindogrouprealestate.com. Until next time.
Thanks again for listening.